Are you ready for the Lord's return? And do you understand the times? Stick around for Abounding Grace and see how to get ready. This is amazing grace. Well, in just a couple of days, we'll be celebrating the first coming of our Lord. But today on Abounding Grace, we want to draw your attention to His second coming. Yes, Jesus is coming again, and He gave us some signs to look for that would signal to us when it's getting close. You'll find that in Matthew 24 if you want to head there now. So let's get prepared for the coming of the Lord and adopt an eternal perspective for these last days. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor. He says in verse 4, Don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. And they will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars. But don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Verse 7. Nation will go go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. And so before we see the signs, notice the key in verse 8. The key in verse 8 is all of this is only the first. This is just the beginning. In the New King James, the beginning of sorrows. And I think it's properly translated in the New Living Translation, birth pains. That's how he describes it. When you begin to see these things happen, these are just the beginning. And he describes it like birth, like birth pains. Our fellowship has has been very fortunate over the years to see many babies born and and to watch families go through the process of, of pregnancy and the baby developing. And when a woman is going to give birth toward the end of of that time of pregnancy, there are signs. You can tell. You'll notice that a a woman is getting bigger in one particular place. And you'll notice that she begins to feel the movement as the baby stretches and grows. And then you notice that there is general growth of that baby and general growth of that area for nine months. And then toward the end, you can anticipate labor pains begin to come. First, they, small, they start out small and infrequent in the beginning, but over time, they become more intense and closer together. And listen to me, I'm speaking as if I have experience in this. <laughs> I have had three children, um, but not this way. <laughs> and it's the frequency, any mom would tell you, it's the frequency and intensity of those pains that will tell you that the baby is soon to arrive. The frequency and the intensity. Because when you read Matthew 24, you could say that we've always had these things. 
We've always had these things. We've always had these things. And in some cases, you're right, there's always been earthquakes. There's always been skirmishes and wars. There, there have been, always been these things. But because he uses the picture of birth pains, you know that there will be intensity and great frequency. And that's what Jesus is saying here. The signs are obvious and have been over the centuries, but toward the end, they'll become more frequent, more intense. So he says in verse 4, we'll just go through them briefly. Don't let anyone deceive you or mislead you. Many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. So many come in the name of Jesus and and they pretend to be the good shepherd. They pretend to be the savior. And, and what always strikes me of any new cult, any new cult gathering, uh, recent or old, uh, any gathering that is able to take the Bible and twist it in such a way where you follow man and not God, what, what always surprises me is that people follow and they're misled and they're deceived. They're convinced you know, the latest one that's going around our city and has been is this group that says that God is a woman and a mother and goes through all these, you know, they, they meet you at the DVD section of Walmart. They come to you in Starbucks. They meet you in the library, start up a conversation with you and begin to, to have a rehearsed lie that come to you to draw them. Now, they, may, they, 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 they don't provide to you this phrase, I am the Messiah. But instead what they do is they offer you a system of salvation that replaces the Messiah. And every cold, every false teaching has it wrong with God. He says, don't be deceived. In the last days, more and more people are going to want you to follow them. They're going to declare they, that they are the way and the truth and the life. They're going to lead you to a system instead of a savior. And there always has been spiritual counterfeits claiming to be Messiah, but never like in our day. Someone did research in the last 60 years, over 1,500 people have proclaimed publicly that they are the Messiah. And many will come in my name, which will lead to the ultimate entrance of the Antichrist where the final person that God predicts will come and say, I am your Savior. And everyone will be looking for a Savior, even as we see the global crisis that we're in today. Notice in verse 6, he says, and you'll hear of wars, and you might remember this as rumors of wars, or here it says threats. But I looked up the word, and the word means rumor. It, it means the, the idea of, of talking about war, and it's going to happen. But he says, don't panic. When you are hearing more wars and rumors of wars, don't panic. See that you're not troubled. Again, someone did the research and said that only 8% of recorded history exists without some kind of war happening between countries, between people. Wars have increased in the last 25 years. And the rumors of wars, new countries with nuclear weapons, the dangers of dirty nuclear bombs that don't need all the technology. In your day and age, you have the new threat of North Korea. In your day and age, you have the new threat of Iran. You, you have more and more 
uh, threats and rumors of just wiping out this increase, even in our own country, the increase of the current government to use force when necessary. It's talking about more and more and more and more. And you have China that has a standing army of hundreds of thousands. They also are nuclear. Pakistan has nuclear weapons. India has nuclear weapons. Wars and rumors of wars and threats of wars. Starting at World War I, someone calculated over 76,850,000 casualties in just 42 separate wars. And that's just a small sampling. Imagine the devastation of a nuclear disaster upon the globe. Not only that, verse 7, in the last days you'll find nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there'll be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. There, there'll be nations rising up against nations. I think we can understand that. But now kingdoms against kingdoms. War and famine always go together. And our generation has seen uh, the worst famine conditions on the globe than ever before. And there'll be famines and, and then notice also earthquakes. Disease follows the, on the heels of malnutrition in war. And we know from Exodus, you Bible students, you know from the book of Exodus that God can send plagues and pestilence upon sinning people. These types of scourges will continue till the time of the end. Food sources will become contaminated. Immune systems will fail. And now we've had plagues and pestilences throughout history. And when something hits like a virus running rampant that completely flips your world upside down, in our generation, this is the first one we've ever experienced. And they keep warning. Again, I did a little bit of research, and they, there's all kinds of different points of view on this. But on one article I read, uh, the, the author suggested that there are a thou, at least a thousand more viruses just like COVID-19 ready to be released or ready to get out. And, you know, there's always theories about bioweapons and even mistakes. I don't know if you saw the article, but there was an article recently that said monkeys escaped and ripped off some virus virals. Do you see that? It was just, whether it's true or not, who knows these days. But the idea of the precarious place in which we live, that's the facts. But the facts lead to the coming of Jesus Christ. You can get stuck in the fear and you can get stuck in the reality or you can acknowledge the fear and the reality and go, no, Lord, I know. I'm preparing my family for the coming of the Lord. I'm preparing my neighbors for the coming of the Lord. I'm preparing my own life for the coming of the Lord. So whatever life God gives me, I want to live to the fullest with an eternal perspective. An eternal perspective. The times are among us. Bioterrorism, chemical warfare, also plagues. I made a mistake. I missed a few. Uh, a, I thought it, I remembered it as a thousand, but I wrote it in my notes. Let me read to you what I put down in my notes. I should probably just stick to my notes. Ed, stick to your notes. Here's the phrase I, 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 I researched today. It's thought that there are one million viruses. Sorry for the thousand. A million viruses that we know nothing about in the realms of bioterrorism, chemical warfare, and even plagues. Earthquakes? Hey, they're on the rise as well. 
In 2019, there were 13,000 earthquakes recorded of a serious magnitude compared to just 8,000 back in 2009. The USGS uh, estimate that there are over 40 million earthquakes on the globe annually. Most go undetected and are on the rise and are not measured. Jesus says these are the beginning of sorrows. These are the beginning of sorrows. It's only the first, he says. It's only the first. Verse 9. Then you'll be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Don't, don't miss this. Don't put this together. Don't miss this. Many will come in my name and say I'm the Messiah. At the same time, many false prophets will come. So, so you've got these, these guys with a, and some gals with a Messiah complex. But you also now have an infiltration of false teachers that are spreading false teaching, false prophets. They'll show up. They'll appear and they'll deceive. The sad thing is, is they'll deceive many people. Sin will be rampant, verse 12, everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. So those that love God will be openly worshiping him. And they'll come under extreme severe scrutiny and distress in the last days. Believers will come under open vicious attack for their faith in Jesus Christ. Again, would you please not only contextualize this in our own country, although I believe that's our first context. Don't, don't just look at and say, well, I know that this Supreme Court decision was then and I know this law. I don't want you to just see it just in our country, but understand it as a global emphasis, like if this is happening around the world, you know as well as I do, many, many countries today, believers in many countries today have it a million times worse than you and I do. That they are greatly attacked and martyred and killed for their faith. Even today, I have, I have a couple things that I receive uh, as notifications. One is to pray for unreached people group. I get one every day. And also I get an update from the voice of the martyrs of somewhere around the world where there is martyrdom taking place. So, so yes, things are getting darker in our country, but I don't, our country is not the center of the Bible. The center of the Bible is Israel. You guys realize that? That's, it's not our country, although our country is very important. As God has used the United States in amazing ways to propagate the gospel, to get the very, very prosperous, very successful country. We have our issues. We, we have our problems. We have our sins. We have a need to repent. Absolutely. But the United States is not the center of the world. We've got to keep our eyes on Israel. God, he does everything from the epicenter, Jerusalem. And so even on my... Instagram feed. I subscribe to, to guys that take pictures of Israel. So every day I'm reminded, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray for the peace of our city as we did today. I pray for the peace of our country. I, I pray that even as Pastor Keegan led us uh, in, in that sense of the requesting God to minimize the violence for the sake of your lives and my lives, for the sake of the gospel, I pray for the peace of Jerusalem because the Bible commands me to. 
And I, re I want to remember the epicenter of God's will being accomplished on the earth. But we are facing, I think, more and more open, vicious attacks for our faith. I also don't want you to simply take this and politicize it. I want you to take this and understand that in the last days, listen to what Jesus said, you'll be arrested, you'll be persecuted, and verse 9, you'll be killed. You want to circle that and right next to it, martyred. When you think of martyred, a person that's martyred for their faith is a person that has lost their life because they committed to not deny the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only that, Jesus puts it globally when he says, you will be hated all over the world for this reason, because you're my followers. Can I just remind you, have you ever been misunderstood or made fun of on a simple level because you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Has anybody made fun of you because you believe in the Bible? Has anybody made fun of you? They come in talking about the gossip of some television show or talking about the gossip. And you go, you know what the Bible says? And they go, oh, and they make fun of you and marginalize you. That's just a small little partial taste of what it's like to be hated, what it's like to be marginalized, what it's like to be dismissed, what it's like to be made fun of. I can't tell you how often we... I see uh, and I hear of people making fun of us as Christians because of our beliefs. And the reason being is because the Bible says is that they're blind. They don't understand. They're not spiritually alive. I, like Paul or Saul of Tarsus, have the same testimony that, that I would wreak havoc of other believers personally. And I would make fun of them. And I would ridicule them. And I have memories of, of times of knocking by. I, I, remember, I remember times that are just like Paul said it. I'm just, or Peter might have said it, I'm ashamed. I was a blasphemer like Saul. Like I was blind myself. And those that are blind to the truth, just simply because you've chosen to follow Jesus. So here's the thing. Because we like to be liked on a smaller scale, because we like to be liked, we try to do things to get out from under that. We, we compromise. We, we say things we shouldn't be saying. We go places we shouldn't be. Why? Because we don't want to have this come upon us. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about ramping that up and notching it up many, many times to the point of death. And so you can see when you're testing on smaller things how important it is to be faithful in the little things because big, bigger things will come. The early church suffered horrific persecution there were 10 major waves of persecutions from the Roman government. Christians were hung. They were sawn in two. They were burned at the stakes. They were used as living torches. And it was just a preview of what was to come in the last days. The Antichrist will decimate Christians who refuse to take the mark of the beast. They were literally, according to Revelation, will literally lose their heads for refusing to take the mark. Those in the middle of the tribulation will have to choose to believe at the loss of their lives. But he says in verse 13, the one who endures to the end will be saved. And in Revelation chapter 7, we know there are 144,000 Jewish evangelists. How will people believe in the tribulation period? There will be evangelists that God has already preordained that will go forth with the gospel. And people will believe them. We read also in the book of Revelation, two witnesses will be seen and known globally 
and have a powerful witness for Christ. He says, the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news, it says in verse 14, about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Make no mistake about this church as we head out. God's heart is for the gospel to be preached. Do you guys agree with me? How about you guys online on the radio? you agree with me? God's heart is for the gospel to be preached. So, so far we agree. Let me add one more phrase. God's heart is for the gospel to be preached, ready? From your mouth and your life. Or, I can put it a different way, God's heart, his desire is for the gospel to be preached from our mouths, from our lives shining the light of the gospel, learning to reason with one another, learning to talk about things, learning to listen. Make no mistake, God's heart is for you and me to be ambassadors of Christ, ministers of reconciliation, the ministry of bringing people together in Christ. Romans chapter 10 verse 15 says, how shall they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. When we open up downstairs again, and those of you that normally come in downstairs, hang out at Res Coffee, you'll be reminded of the wall and a commitment we've made in the last year. It wasn't original to us. We just loved the way it was phrased in this other church, so we adopted it ourselves. I think it's always been our heart, but we've put it on the walls and we want to be reminded it. We've painted it and we've put it on the walls. And and it's simply this, that we will do anything short of sin to reach the lost. And that's a commitment you've got to make in your own mind to think, I'm going to do anything short of sin. And, and, and it's a great phrase because nobody, none of us want to cross the line and sin. None of us want to compromise. That's great. But I want you to consider this facet. If you commit to do anything short of sin, you will probably change your tactics and techniques that you have never done before because you've never thought about it that way before. Well, we've been in the book of Daniel today on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor is our teacher, and he's the pastor of Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. You can hear this message again when you visit us online at AboundingGraceRadio.com or hear Abounding Grace through our app. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play to download that for free today. Still looking for a stocking stuffer or a meaningful gift for that special someone in your life? I'd like to suggest our resource of the month, a book by Lee Strobel called The Case for Christmas. Taking the approach of a journalist, Lee Strobel searches out the true identity of the child in the manger. He consults experts on the Bible, archaeology, and messianic prophecy. We'll send it your way when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Please remember this radio ministry is made possible through your generous support. And as the year comes to an end... This would be a wonderful time to hear from you. And you can place a resource request when you call toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. We've made it possible to donate online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Thank you again for helping us reach out through the radio with the gospel and truth of Jesus Christ. 
Pastor Ed, we have some special services planned for tomorrow, Christmas Eve, don't we? Larry, we absolutely do. We're here in person and online, but let me emphasize in person, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 6 o'clock, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, proclaiming joy to the world. We have special music planned. Uh, We have a special message planned, but more importantly, we just want to be together to encourage one another in the Lord, to be strengthened together. So whether you want to join us in person or online, we're going to be here Christmas Eve, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock. All the information, uh, we are following CDC guidelines, and all the information about registering and all of that is available on our website, CalvaryCO. That stands for Colorado, calvaryco.church. But we're going to be here. We're worshiping. We want you to come with us, uh, family style, of course, with the kiddos, and, and let's sing, let's worship, let's rejoice. It's been a hard year. Absolutely. It's been a hard year. So let's, let's call this year for Jesus. <laughs> let's do that. We'll see you there. Thanks, Pastor Ed. If you missed any of that, just go to calvaryco.church. I should add, you can watch our live stream there, too, at calvaryco.church. We're going to take a break from Daniel for the next two days so we can celebrate Christmas with you. Join us Christmas Eve when we'll unwrap the Christmas gift of rest here on Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.